Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Getting you ready for the day in sports betting, this is Point Spread Sunday on VSAN, the sports betting network. Welcome back in Point Spread Sunday here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. I am Mark Zeno. Thank you so much for joining me here on this Sunday morning, this Easter Sunday morning. Happy Easter to all those out there and Shabbat Shalom. Happy Passover to everybody else. And we certainly appreciate you starting this Sunday morning right here on VSIN. Give me a follow on Twitter at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Uh, coming up this hour, Jared Hockman of Covers will join us as we look at the NBA uh, and start to dive into uh, the other four series that are getting underway today in game one. Uh, we'll turn our attention back to Major League Baseball coming up here in a little more than 15 minutes. Of course, we'll have all my plays for you guys for today uh, by the end of the show. And I promise to do my best to do better uh, yes, uh, today rather than I did yesterday. It was not a, it was not a good day for, uh, for Mark yesterday. Uh, so I hope that you guys either faded me or just stayed away. Uh, but nonetheless, we'll get right back in the saddle here today uh, with, uh, with all of our picks. And again, appreciate you starting your Sunday morning with us here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. All right, continuing the NFL talk right now is the NFL draft coming up here in less than two weeks. In fact, the week from this coming Thursday will be the NFL draft on, on Thursday, April 28th, will be the first round. And you start to look at odds again for uh, the number one overall pick. You know, it, it's funny how much this stuff has changed. There is always so much white noise around the draft that it's hard to figure out what is actually legitimate stuff that you should follow. And But Aiden Hutchinson now is settled into the odds on favorite as the number one overall pick. I mean, there was, it was, uh, you know, times in February where I was sitting on the show talking about any number one overall pick or even Kayvon Thibodeau in certain spots as being the number one overall pick. So things have changed and morphed as you get through this process a little bit more. And uh, insiders or whoever else is starting to narrow down what teams are going to do. But the Jacksonville Jaguars with the number one overall pick. Aiden Hutchinson uh, looks like he's going to be the guy there. As he's minus 200. Trevon Walker of Georgia is plus 200 as the next favorite. Then you get into bigger numbers at uh, Eka McWanu, uh Or is it Ikem or Ekam? I'm bad with names these days. Uh, I'm getting old. That's a problem. But he's plus 1,200. So... You know, uh, you're starting to see a huge gap after Hutchinson and Walker to everybody else uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, the people that that are, are viable options 
to be selected number one overall. But when you talk about quarterbacks, they're always overdrafted. And quarterback is a position always of need for every single team. But the quarterbacks this year do not really make anybody shine or sparkle. The quarterbacks this year aren't uh, what we've seen in previous years. There's not a Joe Burrow in this draft. There's not a Trevor Lawrence in this draft. There's not an Andrew Luck in this draft um, of somebody that you must have at number one. And this isn't even a draft where it was the year that Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, Lamar Jackson, and... Who was the other quarterback taking that year? There was five in that first round. But anyway, I forget who it was. It's slipping the top of my mind now. Uh, maybe it will know. Trubisky was drafted uh, with uh, with Pat Mahomes. But nonetheless, th th it, was it? I'll have to go back and look. Anyway, uh, if you know who it is, tweet me at Mark Zeno. Regardless, it's not even that draft where you think that there are four or five first-round quarterbacks. In reality, a lot of people are questioning whether any of these quarterbacks should be taken in the first round. But because they are always overdrafted, and it is a position of need, and it's the find a quarterback, which is in the draft, uh, teams will look to, to overdraft these players. Malik Willis right now has the odds to be the number or the first quarterback taken, rather, at plus 175. So Malik Willis, uh, I'm sorry, minus 175, rather, as the first quarterback to take in Kenny Pickett at plus 130. Willis is targeted by a lot of teams. The Panthers, who drafted six, the Falcons at eight, the Seahawks at nine, are all viable options uh, for Malik Willis to be taken. Of course, the Steelers may be in need of a quarterback. The Saints may be in need of a quarterback. Um, and even the Texans, who draft at three, um, could be in need of a quarterback. And here's here's the rub. Uh, and, and although nobody's really thinking the Texans are going to take a quarterback because they're in a rebuild and because they've at least publicly committed to Davis Mills uh, as their quarterback. If these guys fall out of the top 10 uh, and nobody takes them, Carolina passes and the Falcons pass and the Seahawks pass. And now you get into the range where you're starting to look at teams that are close to the playoffs uh, and, and, have their quarterback situation solidified. And then once you get past 18, you're talking about teams that are already playoff teams and nobody there has a dire need for a quarterback. So if this thing gets out of the, outside the top 10, the real question is, will somebody trade back uh, or, or trade up? Will, you know, Detroit give away their second round pick to move up uh, and, and take a quarterback in the teens, right? Like that's an option for teams to do because uh, it doesn't cost as much to get all the way into the top 10 uh, and the opportunity for a guy to be there. But the, the other part of this is, is that in reality, if they get 13, 14, 15, uh, the odds that they can fall are great. Uh, and, and the only thing you really see happen is again, teams will wait into the twenties to trade back in because that's even less capital. You have to give up to move up, you know, 10 spots as opposed to 20 spots. So, there's a lot that could happen here in this first round. That's going to be very, very interesting to see. I mean, you know, again, between the four quarterbacks that everybody's talking about, and that's Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, Matt Corral, and Desmond Ritter. Um, I'm, I'm sort of surprised that there's not more talk of any of these guys being inside the top 10 on a routine basis. Um, you know, Matt rule in, Carolina is coaching for his job at this point. They've got to turn things around, but they have Sam Darnold. Are they publicly committed to Sam Darnold? Not really. Does that mean they're drafting a quarterback? Who knows? I mean, at this point in time, it, it's tough to figure out uh, what they're going to do. You know, the Falcons uh, have so many needs. They don't seem to be in with drafting a quarterback, but uh, this is a team that needs to find one. Uh, and, and oh, by the way, for people who are forecasting the drafting, and this isn't my forte by any stretch of the imagination. I just feel like it's a bad philosophy to say a quarterback next year because the quarterbacks coming out draft are so much going to be so much better. They're going to be you know, more highly touted or whatever. You have no idea how that's going to play out. None. And furthermore, you have no idea what your draft position is going to be. You have no idea who's going to be in front of you. The only thing that you can guarantee uh, about next year's draft is that if you end up with the number one pick, you're guaranteed to get who you want. That's the only guarantee. That's the only absolute guarantee you're going to have. Uh, and that means you're having a really bad season. And nobody's walking into this season saying, let's have a really bad season. That's just not the NFL, despite the fact that Stephen Ross claims to have tanked. Um, nonetheless, uh, I say all this just because, you know, quarterbacks are overdrafted for that reason, because nobody's willing to wait until next year and say, we'll get the guy. We, we'll, we'll get our franchise quarterback next year. 
There's just it's so much variance that you can't control uh, in that situation. It's a bad draft philosophy. So if the quarterback this year isn't your guy, then don't take one at all, period. Uh, I am so anti-taking a quarterback anywhere but the first round of an NFL draft. I would never do it as a GM. If he's not good enough for me to draft with my number one overall pick in the first round, then I have no reason to take him, period. I'll just go get somebody else to be a backup. I'll find an undrafted free agent. I'll, I'll go find a Kurt Warner somewhere, theoretically, right? Like, it, it just, to me, it's a, I wouldn't waste the draft capital, especially if I'm a bad team that has a ton of other needs out there. Uh, it, it, from a drafting philosophy standpoint, it makes no sense. That said, again, um, when we look at the quarterbacks here, I think one of these four quarterbacks is probably going to end up being a stud in this league because uh, it seems to happen almost every year. Like y you find at least one worthwhile quarterback in the draft. Um, and even though these guys aren't that highly touted, is it possible that everybody's reading them wrong? Maybe, maybe not. Um, Malik Willis seems to be the guy, uh, again, at minus 175 to be the first quarterback taken. I mean, listen, I might take Pickett at plus 130. I, I don't think Kenny Pickett is being undervalued. I think there are teams that that see what he can do uh, and, and would really want him. I think he would fit well um, with a with a, a coach like Arthur Smith. I think he would fit well. And again, I, I wish I could say that about Matt Rule. I had such high hopes for Matt Rule, but it's, it's kind of gone off the rails quickly in Carolina. Uh, and you fired Joe Brady, which to me was a real head scratcher because Joe Brady, the former offensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers, who helped Joe Burrow and LSU win a national championship. Um, that guy's whole career has been centered around developing young quarterbacks. So they've kind of gone off the rails there. But Seattle, you know, I, I think would fall in love with the Kenny Pickett. And, and he's used to playing in really bad conditions in Pittsburgh. Um, it's cold. It's windy. He can handle all that stuff. Uh, and to me, that seems like a guy uh, if Carolina passes where Seattle would take Kenny Pickett like that was probably where I would handicap Pickett to go uh, is to Seattle. I think Matt Corral's super talented as well. Um, I didn't watch enough of Desmond Ritter to know if he is all that special. Uh, I didn't watch a lot of Cincinnati football. Um, it, was, it just I don't watch a lot of the uh, non power five conferences um, because I don't know that uh, the level of talent is the same. And, and it, to me, it feels like it could be a stretch for him. It wasn't a stretch for Josh Allen, but again, you could see Josh Allen was a uh, superior talent. Uh, I don't recall seeing many highlight films of Desmond Ritter, you know, throwing the ball 65 yards in the air down the field. Maybe it's just because I wasn't watching. I'm wrong about that. Somebody let me know. I'll 100% admit it. Like I said, I don't didn't watch a ton of Cincinnati football this year. Uh, from that standpoint, again, I think Matt Corral, Kenny Pickett, and and Malik Willis uh, are are different animals uh, from that standpoint. So, uh, NFF shakes out again. Aiden Hutchinson looks like he's going to be the number one overall pick. Trevon Walker to be the second overall pick. Um, it, it, even his odds aren't that bad uh, at, at plus two seventy. I think that's that's actually a really good number for him to be number two overall. Um, and it's weird how Kayvon Thibodeau would be, to me, it's a little bit weird how he'd be the fifth favorite at plus 2,000 to be number one overall, but he's just the third favorite at plus 300. That seems like a huge drop off uh, in the numbers. So it's going to be interesting to see how the draft shakes out. We'll have it all covered for you right here on VEASAN. All right, coming up next, uh, Major League Baseball slate, full set of games. Uh, we'll look at where I'm going to go today and try to redeem myself in Major League Baseball from yesterday. That's coming up next right here on Point Spread Sunday on VEASAN, the sports betting network. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. 
Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my dance, <laughs> Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save 40% site-wide. Get 40% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. segment of Point Spread Sunday brought to you by Zinn Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray. No more spit cups. No more batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zinn Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zinn, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zinn. So head on over to Zinn.com find to locate your store near you. That's ZYN.com find. Welcome back in to Point Spread Sunday. Here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, I'm Mark Zinno. Give me a follow on Twitter, at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Jared Hockman of Covers will join us coming up next here in 15 minutes to uh, help us get through this day's slate of NBA games. Four more game ones getting started today, uh, including Brooklyn and Boston, a series that I think everybody has their eye on. So we'll discuss that with Jared Hockman coming up here. Of course, we'll have all my plays for you before the end of the show here on Point Spread Sunday. Happy Easter to everybody. Happy Passover to everybody as well. And certainly appreciate you guys joining me. Let's get to Major League Baseball here and some plays that I am on for today. Um, you know, we were talking with Adam Trigger last hour of Wager Talk about K-Props and, and the, the prices that we are asked to pay uh, for some of these K-Props. And, you know, again, a lot of these K-Props have been out right now, um, you know, for the full slate of games, just because, you know, there is a certain amount of, uh, you know, waiting for a lineup to post and things of that nature to know what's going to go on. But let's look at Alex Wood for a moment here of the San Francisco Giants uh, and his K-Prop against the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, it's set at five and a half. Uh, and 
Alex Wood in his first start, I took his over four and a half K prop. Um, and that had hit first two and a third innings. He had five Ks within the first two and a third innings of the game, and it cashed easily. So I thought the number was a little bit low at four and a half. Alex Wood averages about an over strikeout, you know, per inning over the course of his career. He's been a good strikeout guy, not a great one, but he's also on a team right now in San Francisco with a whole bunch of, you know, really strong pitchers. And so that kind of feeds into uh, the mentality of, of the way the team goes. They've adjusted his K prop here in his second start to move it to five and a half. The over is priced at minus 150. Um, and it's just, I, I'll tell you this routinely. When it comes to K props, like I'm just not comfortable backing a minus 150 play. Like over the long haul, it's not going to make you money. Um, and, and you're going to end up on the wrong side of it because it's just way too much juice to pay. So I can't endorse paying the minus 150. But what I can do here in this spot is look for value with a pitcher that I feel like I know and can trust. Now, in that first start, Alex Wood only went four and two thirds innings. He struck out six guys, but didn't even last into the fifth. This Cleveland team is much different than. The uh, the the San Diego team that he made his first start against San Diego currently 25th in K rate this year, meaning they strike out uh, more than, than most teams do. Um, they, they, they strike out a ton. Uh, in fact, I told you earlier that San Diego leads the majors in total strikeouts to this point. So did he get those six strikeouts against a team that's bad um, in, in pitch selection and striking out? Yeah, maybe that's part of the reason why he got to six. But he only lasted four and two thirds. And so I'll look at a situation here where Alex Wood is on the road in Cleveland. Uh, and the weather may be a factor here as far as, you know, the outdoors. And I don't think he's going to be able to pitch six innings here. So at five and a half, for him to come up with six strikeouts again, plus 110 to the under is the way I'll play it. Um, again, I think he's a good strikeout pitcher, but the price doesn't make me want to take the over. Uh, and because I'm getting plus money on the under, I'll go that way with it. I think it's just a smarter way to go about playing uh, a K prop in this situation. Uh, again, and, and some of these other K props, even unders are juiced incredibly. Jose Urquidy, uh, who, who for the Houston Astros, has taken on Seattle. Seattle strikes out the second fewest times of any team in the league this year. And so his under is priced at minus 160. That's just insane. Like, I, I can't endorse anybody paying that much juice. It's just a recipe for disaster over the long haul. Maybe situationally here and there, I think you can do it, but it's just not something comfortable a week into the season that I would back situationally and tell you that it's a good play. So, I mean, I'll take Alex Wood at plus 110 and leave it there uh, in San Francisco and the Guardians matchup. St. Louis and Milwaukee talk about our first inning runs. Yes and no. Um, our first inning, yes. Uh, we'll play two of them today. St. Louis and Milwaukee. Um, St. Louis is the number one team in first inning runs this year. They're averaging two runs per game or two runs per first inning over every game this year. Milwaukee is 29th in runs allowed in the first inning. They give up over a run on average in the first inning this year, 1.25 runs in the first inning this year. Um, Milwaukee is actually starting Aaron Ashby, a reliever. Uh, he pitched back on the seventh uh, and, and, Pitched a couple of innings, and then he came in relief on the fourth. He's getting a spot start today. To me, that feels like an advantage for the Cardinals. If they and I would too, if they get a K prop out there for Aaron Ashby, and and it's four and a half, or you know, I would take the under. But again, I I, I caution you against the juice. I'm waiting for a lot more of these K props to come out. So as you see the two ten Eastern time frame, as they get closer to first pitch, maybe you'll see an Aaron Ashby K prop pop up there. But again, he's a reliever being asked to start today. I think that's advantage St. Louis. Um, one of these two teams should be able to get a run in the first inning. Uh, another over that I'll play: the Los Angeles Angels and the Texas Rangers. Uh, minus 128 is the price right there uh, for the over. The Angels are tied for fifth in first inning runs scored this year. Uh, the Rangers are 28th in first runs, uh, first inning runs allowed, meaning they give up a lot of them. So uh, these are two really offensive-minded teams. Yesterday, both of these teams went scoreless in the first inning. The first two games of the series, you got to run in the first inning. Um, between these two teams comes back for the final for the series finale between the angels and the Rangers. Uh, again, two Rangers, one of the high scoring teams in major league baseball at minus minus one twenty eight. My cap for the first inning runs is about one thirty one thirty five. Uh, I wouldn't spend any more than that on a first inning over uh, or even a first inning under for that matter. 
you know, I just don't, again, it's not a, it's, I think you need to set limits for these type of situational bets, right? What, what, how much do you see willing to pay and stick to it and really don't deviate from it? Because uh, if you're playing percentages over the long haul, the math has to work out in your favor. Paying more than 130, it's hard for the math, even percentage-wise, to work out in your favor to make enough money back that if it's only hitting 60% of the time uh, or even 55% of the time, it's it's not going to be profitable enough for you. So, again, that's just some betting advice as you approach this thing. But 130 usually is my threshold for the first inning over a half run. I get it at minus 128. I can back the over there. I will play one first inning under, and I did talk about it with Adam Trigger of Wager Talk earlier. Yankees and Orioles, first inning under, uh, no run scored, minus 106. These two teams played an 11-inning game on Friday night, a rain-delayed game that went past midnight last night, and now they're getting up for a 1 o'clock start today. Nestor Cortez going for, for the Yankees, a good strikeout pitcher. Orioles, a big strikeout team. Hopefully, he can get at least a strikeout or two in the first inning um, so nobody gets on. And you're looking at a Yankees team that is averaging – just 0.25 runs in the first inning this year. They have not scored a run in their last three games in the first inning. And, oh, by the way, the Orioles have yet to score a first inning run year long. We'll back that right there as our, uh, um, as our no run scored in the first inning. A couple of other plays here. Oakland and Toronto, uh, over eight and a half, minus 122. Again, right at that threshold at about a buck and a quarter for me when you talk about totals for runs. Uh, Oakland's averaging 5.3 runs per game. Uh, that's one of the best in the bigs. Uh, and Toronto is averaging six runs a game at home so far this year. That's where this season finale ends up. I can do some simple math. Six and five gets me to 11. Uh, and you're looking at an over eight and a half. The juice isn't bad at all. Uh, I would think that both of these teams can score here today uh, in a controlled environment in a dome where there isn't going to be a factor. Uh, again, if this was nine and a half, I'd be a little bit more skittish. Uh, between the average runs that I'm looking at there between these two teams. So, uh, but eight and a half makes me feel comfortable. Five, four final gets us home. So I'll take the over between Oakland and Toronto uh, there. And then uh, the only other thing that I have on my card that I'm looking at right now is San Diego on the run line, minus one and a half tonight at plus 164 uh, against the Atlanta Braves who are starting uh, Bryce Elder, uh, again, making his second ever start. Let's see how this goes against a lineup like the Padres, even though they do strike out a lot. Uh, I look at the run line here at plus 164. And, you know, this is one of these situations where, where you're laying the one and a half. It's very, very tough. It's not the, the, the more favorable side than the plus one and a half. That said, uh, at plus 164 for a half unit, I like the value that I would get back on the other side. That's some Major League Baseball plays for me coming up today. Coming up next, we'll get back to the NBA. Jared Hockman of Covers will join us as we look at all four game ones coming up here on this Easter Sunday. That's next right here on Point Spread Sunday on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. This is Point Spread Sunday on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. The NFL Draft coming up right in Las Vegas. <clears throat> Excuse me. We'll have extensive coverage, including mock drafts from Matt Newmans. Michael Lombardi, a former NFL GM, will give his draft analysis. VSIN host Mike Pritchard, who was a former first-round pick, and former quarterback Sean King will give you the insight that you can bet on. Also, legendary sports broadcaster and voice of the Las Vegas Raiders, Brent Musburger, will give his draft best bets in our NFL Draft betting guide. Sign up today to get full access to VSIN through the NFL Draft for only $19 at vcin.com slash spring. Welcome back in to Point Spread Sunday here on vcin, the sports betting network. I'm Mark Zinno. Thank you so much for joining me here on this Easter Sunday. Happy Easter, everybody. Happy Passover as well. Uh, we are going to turn our attention back to the NBA. Jared Hockman, senior Editor for Covers is going to join us here as we have four games coming up today, all game ones in uh, the NBA playoffs. Jared, welcome. Good morning, and thank you for being here. Yeah, no problem. I'm glad to be here. You know, it's a nice Easter Sunday and got some uh, good games ahead of us. Absolutely. Uh, let's start with Boston and Brooklyn. Um, you know, this is a series I think everybody's really going to be focused on uh, as far as the attention is deserved. I, I said earlier in the show, 
I have not seen any measure of consistent basketball from the Brooklyn Nets at any point this year. Uh, Boston's defense is number one in several metrics in several places. All that said, I'm still taking Brooklyn plus four. Like I just, <laughs> it's hard for me to bet against uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving uh, in this spot. I, I believe they can flip the switch and, and they will today, but you know, how do you handicap this, this game? It's really weird because like I said, nobody wants to play this Nets team despite the inconsistencies because of that potential they have, right? You know, you know what they can do at their best. It's a matter if they get it. And it's kind of interesting because there's some odd future splits. You know, Brooklyn has slightly shorter odds to win the East than Boston, but the Celtics are still favored to win the series. So, you know, it really kind of depends. They really is a coin flip. You talk about Celtics, you know, with that superior defense, but one of the things you kind of have to look at is they got to see how they're going to play with Robert Williams gone. Um, before he was there, you know, they were number one in opponent points per game at 104, second in defensive rating, fifth in opponent second chance points per game. When he went down, admitted to slightly smaller sample size, but they dropped the seventh in points that about 110 a game, seventh in defensive rating, and 14th in second chance points. And, you know, losing some of that strength on the interior defense is going to be really big for how the Celtics guard Kyrie Irving. Um, no doubt, you know, he's going to see plenty of Marcus Smart and Derek White the entire series. But they got to keep him out of the paint because if he gets into the paint and gets to those spots he wants to, it's going to be really tough. That's going to start creating havoc. Now, then you look at Kevin Durant. You know, Durant, he does what he does. You know, he went for 21 and 29 in two games against Boston, shooting 54%. You know, he's been passing the ball a lot more lately, adding a lot of assists. So those two guys really can carry everything. And so I'm looking at how does Boston kind of keep up with them. You know, they have Jason Tatum, who actually went off for a season by 54 in the only game where Boston faced both Durant and Irving, and Boston won that. But he only averaged 21.3 in his other three contests. But I think you're going to see the pressure's really going to fall on Jalen Brown here. You know, Tatum's going to be tied up with Durant. He's going to be covering Durant. He's facing Durant a lot. Brown's going to get a chance to go against like likes of Seth Curry and Patty Mills and Kyrie Irving, and he's really got to exploit those guys. He scored about almost 27 points per game down the stretch. He's got to kind of bring that and carry that load to get them keeping up with a Nets offense that can do it. And so I think over the course of the series, it probably will work out maybe in Boston's favor. I think, you know, so that extra matchup to Brown and just having two guys against, it's a lot to ask for. But when I'm going at a game-to-game thing, I don't see how you can fade either team catching points in this series. <laughs> you know, I just, it's, yeah. you know, I'm looking at the Nets getting four and a half today. And I know their home ATS struggles are well-documented. But on the road, they've only failed to cover in three of the last 13 road games, and they've covered five of the last eight games as a road dog. So, like, I'm just saying, you know, whoever's getting points in this series game to game, I feel like that's probably the safer bet because it's just going to come down. You know, these can be a lot of last-shot matchups and last-shot games with not too many, you know, extended leads. Jared, let's stay in the East, Atlanta and Miami. You know, I saw your pre-interview notes, and I agree. Atlanta's been in playoff mode for for two games now, and that may give them a little bit of an advantage. But in the same respect, no Clint Capella. There are reports that John Collins may be back uh, for the Hawks in this game, which would be a huge lift for them, especially missing Capella. That said, I look at this two ways. One, I love Trey Young in game ones. Historically, last year, he had three huge game ones on the road, and the Hawks won them all outright. That said, I'm not backing the Hawks here in this spot. Uh, I'll take Miami today and lay the points with them. What we've seen from Miami defensively against the Hawks, they're very good at limiting this Hawks uh, offense. And, and I think Miami could turn around and just key on Trey Young and force the rest of that team to try to beat him. No, I agree. You know, the thing about Miami on the defense is, you know, they can do those pick and rolls. You can get Bam, Bam out of bio on Trey Young, and he's athletic enough to kind of keep him in front of him and lengthy enough to alter his shot. I don't see how you don't like Miami. You know, they're just they're a little bit deeper, great defense. I don't know if, the Hawks are going to be able to do a good job of guarding Tyler Hero and Jimmy Butler as well. You got two athletic, dynamic wins, especially you know if John Collins is kind of banged up and you have no Capella there. Um, the other thing is, you know, you look at Game One. The Hawks have only covered once in their last six trips, once in the last seven trips. Story to Miami, that's you know going to South Beach isn't going to be good for them. Um, I think so. I do think you might be able to see the Hawks come out fired up in that first quarter. You know, there's only a plus two and a half point spread. They might be able to keep that one close. Uh, the Hawks were actually one of the better scoring teams in the first quarter. They're seventh in first quarter points per point, points per game. Miami is 16th, um, and you know the Hawks actually have won seven of their last ten first quarters. So I think you might be able to get that. 
uh, there. But I do, like I said, as you think, you know, as this game goes on, you're going to see, you know, Miami kind of clamp down a little bit more, a little bit too, bet, too good defensively, key in on Young. And I think you're going to see that game swing. It might be a good potentially live betting opportunity if the Hawks get out early. Maybe you can kind of bring that Miami number down a little bit. Uh, I know right. I was just looking, actually, it's uh, one of the sportsbook splits this morning. Seems like, you know, about 72% of bets and 85% of the money has been on Miami. I think it's at, it's at MGM. Uh, so, you know, everyone really is kind of going with the heat and think that is probably the way to go for the full game, but you might be able to maybe sneak out the Hawks kind of getting that first 12 minutes. Jared, Milwaukee's been a bad cover team all year long, especially at home. Uh, it's just 10 and 6 as a double-digit favorite this year overall. Um, I just feel like it's too many points uh, at this point. I know the Bulls have been fading, um, and Milwaukee is metrically so much better than Chicago, but I, for me, it just feels like too many points. Yeah, I guess it really depends on do you think the Bucks are going to come out and play a full 48 minutes or do you think they're going to get yeah, out and maybe coast a little bit at the end and, and get a backdoor cover? Because like you said, you know, the Bulls, they are limping into the playoffs, you know, literally and you know, metaphorically. Uh, they lost 10 of the last 15 and closed the regular season. And, you know, they just lost to the Bucks at Pfizer form by 27 points 11 days ago. Uh, and like I said, they're literally limping in because you know, Alonzo Ball is gone. Zach Levine is like on one leg. Alex Cruz is dealing with a wonky back. Um, and, you know, you've just seen this team that the first half version of the Bulls was really exciting. And then, you know, they looked like they could have been a threat. And, you know, now that they're down, you know, since the All-Star break, I think they're 25th uh, in offensive rating. The defense has dropped down in, like, the bottom third in metrics. And, you know, it just seems like the Bucks again, despite being the defending champs, are really kind of ho-hum and no one's giving them a lot of respect. Um, I mean, Giannis is a monster. They're, I think, the second in the league with 122 points per game since the All-Star break. You know, they did some kind of cruising. And I, I just I don't see how the Bulls can keep up with them. I like the points, personally. Uh, I saw that a lot of users at NGM were also, I think, 73% of handle and 65% of tickets around Miami, two at 10 and a half. Um, the thing I find interesting, though, is that a lot, some is like 50-50 on the over 229.5. And I don't see the Bulls just scoring many points. Um you know, their team total is 109.5 tonight. They've hit that number three times in the last 11 games, and they've actually gotten under their team total in the center of the last 10 overall, eight of the last 10 road games. Uh, I just, I see the Bucks. you know, people again, people kind of sleep, you know, we're talking about Boston, we're talking about Brooklyn, you know, everyone's focusing on this great Raptors Sixers series that could be, and no one's talking about the defending chance. I think they might try and send a reminder here, like, hey, guys, we're, we are still, the road to the title goes through the defending chance. So I think you're going to see the Bucks come out strong. So you've got to worry about the back door in case it does get a little bit too big. But I think this is one that it's definitely going to be right around that range. Uh, we've got about a minute left here. Final game between New Orleans and Phoenix. A complete statistical mismatch. There's nothing about New Orleans that matches up well with Phoenix. My play on this game is just the over. I think there's points going to be scored. I could see this being a, a 125, you know, 110 kind of final. Uh, and I don't think the back door is as open in this game as it is in the one we just talked about. But I'm just never comfortable laying that many points. So I'm, I'm going to stick to the total on this one. I'm with you, Mark. I mean, listen, uh, the Pelicans can score. They, you know, they've looked great since uh, McCollum offensively. They still don't play defense. Uh, they're a feel-good story. But, listen, they haven't beaten anyone good to get here. I think their last actual win against a winning team was Chicago on March 24th. And we already talked about there they were. Yeah, they beat the Clippers in the play-in, but they didn't have Paul George. Like, that's really not a winning team either. Uh, the Suns are the best team in the league, and they are for a reason. So, again, there's a little concern that maybe they come out slow for the first 12 minutes because, you know, they've been kind of coasting for a bit. But this team is too good. There's too big of a talent gap, you know, compared to, you know, the Miami-Atlanta uh, at number one eight game. Right. Yeah, I think you're just going to see the, the Phoenix Suns kind of cruise here. They're going to stouse themselves. Backdoor again, maybe, because then you get some older guys like Paul. You, if you're up big, you don't want to run this guy 35, 40 minutes. Um, yeah, so lots of points. Phoenix takes care of it. He is Jared Hawkins, senior editor for Covers.com. Jared, thanks. Enjoy the games today. Appreciate you stopping by today. Coming up next, we'll have my final pick. For the show, stay with us. Final segment, Point Spread Sunday, up next on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. If you thought there was a... What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. 
Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game winner ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my game. <laughs> Does sleeping hot keep you up at night? Meet the Lisa Chill Collection. These cooling mattresses work like magic with a cool-to-the-touch cover, zoned springs, and comfy foam layers. Say goodbye to restless nights and wake up refreshed. Lisa's chill mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers that whisk away heat, so you always sleep just right. These hybrids blend up to 1,032 breathable springs and plush foams for the ultimate cooling and comfort. And the chill collection doesn't just feel great, it looks great too. With thoughtful design and pillowy quilt tops. No matter your budget, Lisa has a chill mattress for you. For a limited time, save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash iHeart. With Lisa, your purchase has purpose. Every year, Lisa donates thousands of mattresses to those in need. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. back in to Point Spread Sunday here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I am Mark Zinno. Give me a follow on Twitter at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Final segment of the show here on this Easter Sunday. I hope everybody has a happy and blessed Easter. Same happy Passover to everybody as well. And I appreciate you guys spending your Sunday morning with us. Sports go on. Sports betting still goes on, even though it is a day which we will spend with the Lord above. Whatever. Anyway, hopefully the Lord will bless us with winning bets. And we will give you all of my picks here, as we always do in the final segment. We'll start with Major League Baseball today. One K prop, again, K props are a little bit hard to find, but one K prop today that I'm going to take is Alex Wood under five and a half Ks uh, at plus 110. His last outing, he went four and two thirds. He went over his four and a half K prop in just two and a third innings. He struck out five guys in the first two and a third innings, but he faced the San Diego Padres, who have striked out more than any team in Major League Baseball to this point this year. Alex Wood facing a Cleveland Guardians team on the road here. Uh, It's just too much money to take the over at minus 150. So I'm going to go the opposite direction, take the under at plus money, and hope that, you know, he won't last more than five innings in this game on the road, given that the weather and the cold may impact how much he's going to be able to pitch here today. Um, The Cleveland Indians, not a high strikeout lineup by any stretch of the imagination. So um, this is a uh, a spot here where I'll take the value on the plus money side instead of paying the extra juice. Give me the under Alex Wood, five and a half Ks. Uh, I'll look at a total between Oakland and Toronto. Uh, it's set at eight and a half at minus 122. This is an Oakland team that's averaging 5.3 runs per game on the season. Toronto not averaging that high overall, but in their home games this year, they're averaging six runs per game at home. Um, and that's enough for me to back this here 
at minus 122. Again, a buck and a quarter is really what the threshold is for uh, overs in Major League Baseball plays. So I'm right there. Uh, and both of these teams should be able to score today in a controlled environment in a dome. Uh, Sunday night baseball, Atlanta and San Diego. San Diego on the run line, minus one and a half at plus 164. The Braves are starting Bryce Elder, making his second ever start. Padres starting you Darvish. The Braves strike out a ton, just like the Padres do. Uh, and that should be enough for you Darvish. Didn't want to pay the juice on his K prop, but San Diego should be able to take care of business tonight on Sunday night baseball against the Atlanta Braves, win that thing by two. Uh, and again, this is like one of those things where you talk about managing money at plus 164, a half unit is where I would go, giving me, um, you know, uh, 80 cents back on the dollar. So I think that, uh, I think, or 80 cents back for 50 cents laid down rather. Um, I, I think it's a good play right there, given the amount of, of you know, value you're getting at plus 164. Uh, first inning, Run scored here. We'll go with L.A. and Texas. Uh, the L.A. Angels are tied for fifth in most runs scored in the first inning this year. Texas Rangers, 28th in first inning runs allowed. Uh, both of these are high-powered offenses. The first two games of this series, a run was scored in the first inning, not in game three. This is the series finale. I think they get back to that. St. Louis and Milwaukee, only minus 104. And by the way, L.A. and Texas, minus 128 in the first inning. Um, St. Louis and Milwaukee, minus 104. St. Louis, the number one team in first inning run score this year, averaging two runs in the first inning on the season. Milwaukee allows 1.25 runs in the first inning so far this year. That is 27th in Major League Baseball. Plus, Milwaukee starting a reliever today, Aaron Ashby. Uh, who's going to get the start. If you see a K prop on him and you're at four and a half, if it's not juiced crazily, I would bet the under just as a, uh, a, a guy who is making a spot start, probably not intended to go more than three innings. Uh, I would be shocked if I saw him go four or five innings in this game. Uh, and that may make the juice on his K prop a little bit higher. Heck, they might even might not even put one out there, but nonetheless uh, it's where I'd look. But again, I think the over there is uh, the play in the first inning. One first inning under, and I'm going to take Yankees and Orioles uh, at minus 106 for the first inning under. Yankees and Orioles played an 11-inning game on Friday night. They played a rain-delayed game that went past midnight last night. They get a 1 o'clock start. Nestor Cortez, a good strikeout pitcher uh, who, has, who has been in history, good against the O's as far as strikeouts is concerned. Think he'll get one early. Weather won't be a factor uh, in the game in Baltimore today. And so uh, first inning under between these two teams that have played late nights for the past two nights. We'll get up early, hopefully be a little bit sluggish, and we'll take a first inning under between those two teams. Plus, the Orioles have not scored a first inning run all year long. So that is uh, the baseball slate for me today. Let's turn our attention to the NBA. Hawks and Heat, uh, I'm back in the heat, minus six and a half. As we just talked about with Jared, I think you can take the Hawks when it comes to the first quarter. If you want to think that they're going to start, hard, start, start hot, I'm not going to do that. Uh, I will back Trey Young on his points prop over uh, 27 and a half points. Trey Young in his three previous game ones on the road scored 32, 35, and 48. And his team won all three of them outright last year, by the way. Uh, Trey Young will feel himself. Um, I, I think the rest of the Atlanta Hawks, though, will be limited. And from that standpoint, um, it's even kind of a little bit of a mini hedge. If Miami doesn't cover the six and a half, it's because Trey went nuts. Uh, that's really kind of the way I see the game breaking down. But uh, I think both can happen. Miami can win by six and a half, and Trey can still get to 30 in this game. He'll just be the only one on his team who does anything worthwhile. Uh, but Trey Young over 27 and a half, Miami minus six and a half. We're going to back the Brooklyn Nets getting. Four points here against the Boston Celtics uh, as well. I did mention, again, this may be a small play for me. I'll wait until we get closer to tip just to kind of see where the uh, the money is flowing overall. Boston is the number one team in the NBA uh, in first half points allowed. They allow the fewest points uh, in the first quarter and the fewest points in the second quarter. It's only two and a half in the first half for me to lay. Uh, I, I think Boston can absolutely come out. Um, strong in this game. I'd be surprised if the Nets come out uh, and are making shots on the regular and jump out to a, you know, six, eight, maybe even 10 point lead. I, I mean, that would be mildly surprising to say the least, given how good Boston's defense is. That said, Boston minus two and a half in the first half uh, and Brooklyn plus four for the game is where I'd go. 
I look at Chicago and Milwaukee. Uh, Milwaukee is not a great cover team. They are not great at home. They're 16 and 25 against the number at home. And while I agree with Jared that Milwaukee may come out and remind everybody today that, uh, hey, we're still the best team in, in the NBA and you're going to have to beat us if you want to win a title. Um, the back door, I think, is going to be wide open. The Bucks don't have to play a full 48 minutes against this the Chicago Bulls team that's limping in. Um, is it possible to, that the Bucks could blow them out similar to what Philadelphia did in Toronto yesterday? Absolutely. But it's just too many points for me to lay. And again, I think the Bucks can take their foot off the gas pedal in the fourth quarter of this thing, and the back door is wide open. So I'll take the 10 points uh, for the Chicago Bulls. And then final game uh, on the slate here between New Orleans and Phoenix. This is such a statistical mismatch, it's not even funny. There is nothing that gives New Orleans any decided advantage anywhere across the board statistically. Uh, and you're talking about a Phoenix team that is the number one shooting team in the league. Bottom 10 defense in field goal percentage defense is New Orleans. It's just going to be a complete uh, mismatch from, on all accounts. There's just nothing about this game that makes me believe that New Orleans can hang. That said, again, I'm not comfortable laying this many points uh, in a playoff game just because generally they're tighter. Uh, generally, they are. Uh, games that that you know teams are a little bit more judicious in shot selection. You don't see uh, a, a ton of blowouts happen in the postseason, so I don't feel comfortable laying it. Although I think Phoenix will cover it. New Orleans can score. Uh, C.J. McCollum has lifted that offense, and I'm going to take the over here. And for my math, I think this is a 125-110 kind of. You know, it, both of those teams are in that area when it's all sudden said and done. Uh, they should easily be able to get over the 225 here. You know, I think that's kind of 120, 110 is the range of where this thing would be um, when I do the math. So I'm going to play the over between New Orleans and Phoenix today uh, as the game that I like or, or the play that I like in this game because I just don't feel all that comfortable uh, laying 10, uh, 10 points anywhere in the NBA postseason. So those are the NBA bets as well. Again, Boston minus two and a half in the first half, but Brooklyn for the game getting the points. Uh, Chicago, I'll take the 10 over 225. Phoenix and uh, New Orleans and then Atlanta and Miami. I'm going to back the heat. I'm going to lay the six and a half, but I think Trey Young goes over his 27 and a half points. And I hope that my card today was much better than what it was yesterday. Uh, again, appreciate all you guys uh, joining me here on this Easter Sunday and following along. Give me a follow on Twitter at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Love the interaction with you guys. Feel free to hit me up about handicaps and thoughts on any game whatsoever. Uh, and I will spend the time to respond to you. Uh, appreciate all the guys back in the Las Vegas studio at the South Point, taking care of everything here on this Easter Sunday, wishing you and your families nothing but the best on uh, the Lombardi line coming up next. Uh, Patrick Maher, Mike Lombardi right here on VEASAN. Keep it locked in all your sports betting needs throughout the rest of this Easter Sunday and every day. Appreciate you joining me here on Point Spread Sunday. Again, on Twitter, at Mark Zinno. We'll talk to you guys next Saturday. I'll be back in the saddle again for Point Spread Saturday and Point Spread Sunday next weekend. You guys have a wonderful day. Best of luck on all your bets. We'll talk to you again soon here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.